You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast. Focus on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Friday edition of the show. A lot to get to like normal. I need to get to some news about BYU spring sports. It looks like the seniors that did not get to finish their seasons this year, the desire to come back. It sounds like BYU will allow them to do so. We'll detail some of those details that we found out from Jay Drew of the Deseret News. Need to talk about the grad transfer and signing period for BYU men's basketball. Who are some of the grad transfer targets BYU is still in the mix for? As well as Gideon George signs his national letter of intent as a JUCO transfer. We'll talk about his addition to the roster. And of course, catch up on everything that's going on in BYU sports news like we normally do. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is, of course, America's number one daily podcast network. And with that rundown out of the way, let's get going here. This is Locked On Cougars for April 17th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download this daily podcast, all focused on BYU athletics. If you're new to the show, welcome on in. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know each and every day, as well as insider information that you will not find anywhere else. So thanks in advance for taking the time to check us out. Make sure to hit that follow button on Spotify or the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. That way you never miss a daily episode of this show encourage you guys, regardless of where you're listening to us, even if it's not on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you're listening to us on Overcast, if you're on Stitcher, regardless of the podcast provider you're listening to us on, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode and you're back with us each and every day talking BYU sports and keeping up to date on everything going on. All right, starting off today's show, just to address one thing you guys probably heard all week long, we've been looking back at 1984 with former players and coaches from that era to talk about that magical season for BYU football. Our original interview to finish out the week this week fell through for today. So in the best interest of the podcast, I moved on. Maybe we can get that person back on next week. We'll see what we can do to get that arranged. But moving on with some other topics on today's podcast, just so you guys kind of understand what's going on here. Let's start off with a report in the Deseret News. And Jay Drew, by the way, if you're not following his work, he's doing a bang-up job covering all things BYU football and even beyond that during the amidst of all this COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, he wrote a great piece talking about uh, spring sport athletes. Of course, the NCAA recently announced that all athletes that had their seasons uh, canceled prematurely, mainly baseball, softball, uh, men's volleyball, th- those type of sports, the spring sports that had their, they were in the middle of their seasons when, they, when the COVID-19 pandemic struck and sports essentially shut down. They have been approved to have that extra year of eligibility to come back to school if they so desire. The NCAA has made it so that schools don't have to abide by the uh, roster constraints or the uh, scholarship restraints, excuse me, that they normally would have to deal with if they were uh, in a regular school year. They've essentially given them a one-year exception to grant the seniors of this year's teams in those spring sports to come back for another season to play out their senior years as so-called super seniors. And the school has been approved, schools in the NCAA have been approved to uh, pay those scholarships, those grants and aid if they so desire outside of the bounds that they normally uh, have to stick by inside the sports these athletes compete in. So 
BYU uh, has uh, made a determination that they have 51 seniors across the nine spring sports they have. And the quote in the Deseret News from Duff Tittle, Associate Athletic Director for Communications, said, quote, the answer to your question is yes in reference to seniors coming back to BYU and if they'll be taken care of. He said that... uh, uh, our coaches have been having individual conversations with each senior student athlete regarding the option to extend the, their eligibility as outlined by the NCAA. Tittle said that, I'm just reading this from the Deseret News, Tittle said that determining the exact number of attorneys could take a while. At least two athletes, softball outfielder Riley Jensen McFarland and baseball catcher Abe Valdez, have uh, told the Deseret News they felt like there was unfinished business for them and their classmates when the cancellations came and they will do everything they can to do to return. So that means BYU is going to help these student-athletes with their grant and aid to come back for their senior seasons and hopefully play it out as they expect. Uh, I would expect that some student-athletes will decide, you know what, it's time to move on. They just want to... Uh, move on with life. They understand the circumstances it's in. It's time for them to move on. But I think there will be a bevy of athletes who will also come back. The question is, how much of a price tag is entailed with this? Because obviously, with the economic downturn that we're all dealing with amidst this COVID-19 pandemic, it's a legitimate question of how much it would cost a school to keep those grants in aid going. Well, Utah State, John Hartwell, their athletic director, made a comment uh, to the Deseret News, said, quote, some of those are partial scholarships, some of them are full scholarships. The financial impact if they all came back would be somewhere in the range of a little over $400,000. Utah State has 30 seniors across their spring sports. So if you extrapolate that, if BYU to have all 51 of their student athletes come back, that's probably a price tag of more than five hundred thousand dollars to give all the grants and aid for all of those student athletes like i said i don't expect all of those student athletes that were wearing a byu uniform in the spring sports period to come back i think some of the golfers like peter kest spencer dunaway rasmussen they're probably going to go pro rasmussen's already qualified for the mckenzie tour up in canada it's kind of a gateway to getting into the uh, corn ferry tour on your way to the pga tour so i'd expect that he doesn't come back for another year but that option is open to them and I applaud BYU for doing this because if you have an athlete like Riley Jensen McFarland, and I've talked about her on the podcast in the past, my wife, in the interest of full disclosure, is a former student athlete at Brigham Young University. She played softball there, and Riley Jensen McFarland might be the best softball player to come through BYU in over a decade. Just a phenomenal softball player, has a big bat, ability to uh, just really play at an extremely high level. Well, she's married to a football player, uh, Darius McFarland, who has two years of eligibility remaining. So she has said in uh, comments previously to the Deseret News, etc., that there's no reason she's going to be around BYU, so why wouldn't she come back for another year? Abe Valdez wants to play another year of BYU baseball? Great, do it. I think it'd be a fantastic thing to have some of these seniors come back and really show what they can do in their final year of eligibility. I applaud the NCAA for taking a common sense measure and making sure it was implemented. I applaud BYU and other universities who have said that, hey, these seniors, yeah, if you want to come back, we'll take care of you. There have been other universities, I think most notably the University of Wisconsin at Madison, has said that, no, if if you were a senior this year, we're not going to let you come back. I also get that because there's a financial implication here that amidst the current economic downturn, yeah, it's a dollars and cents figure. But I applaud BYU, uh, BYU Athletics, Tom Homo, the athletic director down there in Provo, for being willing to help these student-athletes out to live out their dreams as a student-athlete. 
As you see in NCAA commercials all the time, there are thousands of us who are going to go pro in something other than sports. Very few of these athletes who compete in the NCAA across the vast majority of the sports go pro in those sports. It's just, it's a funnel. You all have seen it. High school to college, even into the pro ranks, it just gets smaller and smaller the number of people who make it to the next level. And a lot of these student athletes, the last time they'll wear an a athletic uniform is in college in the case of these BYU student athletes. So I applaud BYU for footing the bill. Like I said, it could be north of $500,000 for them to make sure all these grants and aid are granted to these student athletes to finish out their careers. But I think it's a very smart move. I applaud them for it. And I think that BYU will benefit from it because I think some of these senior athletes can really help BYU next year when they finally get to play out their senior years in their respective sports. All right, uh, we'll talk some other news and notes when it comes to BYU sports we need to switch gears and go on to the hardwoods talks and byu basketball uh, currently chasing a number of grad transfers we'll talk about three of the bigger names that have been revealed that byu is in consideration with also talk about the addition of gideon george the nigerian forward who a transfer from new mexico junior college officially signed his national letter of intent to join the byu men's basketball program yesterday we'll cover all of that here in just a second before we do that though a reminder for you guys that listening to this podcast is really simple to do and you can use your smart device to do that a lot of you may uh, not realize this but your smart speaker your smartphone has the capability of letting you listen to the podcast and all you gotta do is tell it to play it all you need to do is tell your smart device play the latest episode of the locked on cougars podcast and there you go bing bang boom it's right there for you Really simple way to catch up on all the BYU sports news, as I mention all the time. We want to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know each and every day in a nice, tidy, short-form podcast, 30 minutes at most, most of the time. Really simple way to catch up. Tell your smart device, play the latest episode of the Locked On Cougars podcast, and we will make you the smartest BYU fan in the room. All right, guys, the signing period for BYU men's basketball is still underway. BYU announced yesterday the signing of Gideon George from New Mexico Junior College, a six foot six native of Nigeria. Spent the past two seasons down there in New Mexico. And I think this is a very underrated pickup for BYU, simply due to the fact I think that uh, what Gideon can do is he can play across multiple positions. He can be a really good perimeter defender, I feel like, while also being able to have the size to jump down into the post if need be. We've talked about this previously on the podcast, even as early as this, as recently as this week, the BYU size on the interior next year doesn't appear to be a problem for BYU, but versatile defenders that can go inside out and outside in, if that makes sense, are something that they absolutely need. I think Gideon George provides just that. He averaged 14.5 points and eight rebounds per game this past year at New Mexico Junior College. I uh, got all conference and all district honors for his efforts, averaged a pretty healthy three, re- three offensive rebounds per game means he's a guy who is just an absolute beast on the glass not afraid to mix it up down there or down low and I really like what he's shown he's shown an improved three-point shot from even his freshman year there at New Mexico Junior College and after leading the Thunderbirds to a 23 and 9 record and a 12 and 4 record in league play last year he'll come to BYU and I think he's going to fit right in the quote from Mark Pope in the statement from BYU said quote Gideon is one of the most genuine sincere dedicated hard-working athletes that I've ever had the opportunity to recruit. Growing up in Nigeria, he learned a work ethic and lives with a level of gratitude that is inspiring. He is an extraordinarily gifted athlete, a great teammate, and we have high expectations for his growth and what he'll contribute here at BYU. He's going to be a fan favorite, unquote. 
We'll find out. But I think this is an underrated pickup for BYU. I think it's a good pickup. And now BYU kind of turns their attention, I think, more heavily towards the grad transfer market. Uh, they obviously are, have been in the mix for multiple student-athletes who have been in the grad transfer market have committed elsewhere. I currently count three bigger names that BYU is still in the mix for, and those include Jonah Antonio. He's a six foot five guard from UNLV, a native of Australia, Perth, Australia. I love Perth. P-E-R-T-H, Perth. I love pronouncing that. It's just, it's one of the things I enjoy doing. Matt Harms uh, from Purdue, a seven foot three big man, uh, can, has the ability to shoot all the way out to the three-point line, but also has the ability at 7'3 to really be a force on the interior. And then the most recent addition that I have read up on is Jared Ryder. He's a guard from Fresno State. Average 9.1 points, 3.1 assists, and 2.6 rebounds in just under 32 minutes per game. He started 24 games this past year for Fresno State. His older brother CJ is a senior this coming year, has also entered the NCAA transfer portal. So could it be a package deal to get uh, both Ryder brothers to BYU? Who knows? Uh, Jared appears to be the better player by far. CJ has been a walk-on at Fresno State. Ryder was on scholarship there for the Bulldogs. But I really like what he can do. I think BYU's biggest thing, as I mentioned right now, is trying to find perimeter defense that can also shoot from the outside, a so-called 3 and D guy. Is Jared Ryder that type of a guy? Maybe so. He may even be more multifaceted than that. I think Jonah Antonio is more of that role where it's a 3 and D. He shoots from the perimeter guards on the other end on that perimeter and just comes back down the court and plants himself on the three-point line waiting to get a shot. I think that that's a great addition for what BYU is looking for. I think all three of those players, they'd be well served to join BYU. Will BYU be able to land any of these? Well, it's... (laughs) It's been an interesting uh, it's been an interesting stretch for BYU to say the least when it comes to grad transfers because they've been trying. If you pay attention to guys like Jeff Goodman who like to tweet about grad transfers all the time, BYU's firmly in the mix for multiple student athletes. It seems like all the time they're always chasing guys, but they have not been able to land one quite yet. At some point, they will, and hopefully a guy like Jared Ryder, he'd probably have to sit out this year as a one-year, uh, as a freshman who's transferring from Fresno State, unless that rule is changed in the near future, he likely is to have to sit out a year before he's able to play, but if that transfer rule comes into effect, we have the one-time free transfer, he could be a guy that BYU could rely on right away as a sophomore this coming year. Jonah Antonio, a grad transfer from UNLV, he's got one year of eligibility, similar to Matt Harms, the guy from Purdue, so... I think all of these guys would fit well with BYU, bring different skill sets to the table. But I can tell you guys this. Knowing what I know about BYU's recruiting uh, efforts and their coaching staff just as, as human beings, they're relentless. There's no doubt about that. If you've seen Mark Pope, there, he doesn't know the word quit. There is no quit in that man, and his staff follows his lead. And even if they were to strike out on these three players, they're going to keep mining the grad transfer portal until they find one or two guys that fit their team. If they don't find somebody, well, maybe a guy like Townsend Triple, who we talked about earlier this week, a six foot eight forward from Rocky Mountain High School, could be the beneficiary of getting a scholarship for his freshman season. I would say that BYU will uh, do everything in their power to find some grad transfers that fit BYU, what they're trying to do there, and we'll find out. A couple of notes as well in terms of BYU basketball, former BYU basketball players. Blaze Neal, the guard uh, from College of Eastern Utah, spent this past season with BYU, announced yesterday that he is joining Utah Valley University. I'm expecting probably on scholarship. Mark Madsen made that announcement yesterday. 
and I wish Blaze the best. I think this is a good uh, spot for him to land. He'll have an opportunity to play uh, more uh, than he would have at BYU, probably. A little bit of a logjam at point guard, his preferred position. And at six foot one, 100 and what, 170 pounds maybe for Blaze? No, 185 pounds. Didn't play that much for BYU this year as a, gra- as a Juco transfer to BYU. But I would expect that going uh, to UVU hopefully gets that opportunity to play right away with that new transfer rule but regardless when he does get on the court I think this is a good pickup for Blaze to find a new spot for himself where he can play a little bit more than he probably would have been playing at BYU and I wish him nothing but the best and the other note that I wanted to mention before we uh, move on here is that former BYU forward he's been a grad transfer for the past a uh, grad assistant the past two years Nate Austin has, named, has been named the head coach at Grantsville High School out there in the greater Tooele Valley congratulations uh, to Nate Austin on moving on with his coaching career. It's been something he's been wanting to do since his playing career ended. He was a student assistant at BYU as well as a graduate assistant, if I'm not mistaken, the past season or so. And uh, two seasons, excuse me. Uh, he's moving on as the head coach at Grantsville, and I wish him nothing but the best as he moves on. He's kind of following in the footsteps of his former coach, Dave Rose, who also started his own coaching career in the high school ranks in rural Utah. So congratulations to both Blaze Neald as well as Nate Austin moving on with their basketball careers. All right, coming up here in just a second, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Need to talk about the polls that have been running this week. BYU making some national waves on Twitter. We'll talk about all of that here in just a second. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys, check out the newest podcast, the newest addition to the Locked On Podcast Network, and that is Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. Chad Ford, for years, if you know of him, was ESPN's lead NBA draft analyst, one of the foremost authorities, one of the brightest minds when it comes to the NBA draft. Well, he's right here on the Locked On Podcast Network in his brand new venture. He's having great guests on each and every week. He had Bill Simmons earlier this week, a great conversation. I would encourage you guys to check it out. It's Chad Ford's NBA Big Board, the newest and big Biggest and bet- newest, biggest, and best podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. So check it out, guys. Chad Ford's NBA Big Board right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. As we close out this Friday edition of the podcast, I actually had a buddy of mine text me uh, last night asking me, Jake, why haven't you been more vocal on the voting going on with BYU and some of the national brackets that have been going on? Uh, BYU moving on, I believe, in the uh, Fox Sports national fan base bracket. They made it to the Elite Eight after a comeback to beat Dayton in their Sweet 16 matchup. BYU currently in the national championship as of recording, national championship round of the mascot bracket against fellow 16 seed Western Kentucky. BYU fans made a stink about it, so that's how BYU got into the bracket in the first place. They've made an epic run to the final here. Losing to Western Kentucky at time of recording, uh, they're about three hours left as I record this in the voting, but maybe BYU can make a comeback there and win that title. And the question was asked, okay, Jake, why haven't you been more vocal about it? And Here's the thing. I I have a hard time getting worked up for polls that don't have a lot of national significance in terms of well, actual relevance to actual sports. I get the guys like Cosmo are the best. He's one of the best mascots in the country, bar none. There's no doubt about that. I don't. I don't feel like some poll on social media is going to reveal that any more than it's already been revealed. I so. I'm sorry, but I just can't get worked up for it. I, I, I'll vote for it. I'm happy to. I've been voting in each of the polls for BYU. There's, I have no problem doing that. 
I just am not, uh, I don't have the energy, the, the buy-in to be tweeting about it nonstop. Those of you that have been doing it, great. There have been a bunch of BYU announcers, legends, that type of uh, ilk that have been doing a great job uh, getting the word out there about it. Like I said, I, I'm happy to support. I'm happy to make a retweet every now and again, but I, you can't... <laughs> I just can't get worked up for it. And I don't know if that's just something that says about me. It's just not my cup of tea. And I apologize to those who have maybe thought I've been slacking a little bit in that regard. It's just not my prerogative to do that. Now, moving on to a, a note that I'm actually more worried about, and that is that BYU has announced that due to the ongoing impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, all Brigham Young University sponsored spring and summer conferences, workshops, camps, and similar activities through August 13th, 2020 have all been canceled. That includes all sports camps scheduled during that time period. Now, you're probably wondering, okay, what's the deal with this? Well, that means that every sport that BYU has a sports camp for, football has three of them alone, just for example. I know BYU men's basketball has one, etc. They've all been canceled. And these have been great recruiting tools, and they happen all around the country. There's no doubt about this. BYU doesn't have this corner of the market. They don't have this market cornered by any means. But it's a big opportunity for younger athletes who may have been overlooked during the recruiting process to come and show BYU coaches what they can do. So BYU football, yes, this is going to have an impact on their summer recruiting activities. It's already been impacted. They have had the dead period intact for what for five weeks now, and they're going to continue that on until the end of May at the very earliest before it maybe ends. So this is a, a, going to affect BYU's recruiting efforts in football, but it doesn't affect them as much as it, as it may seem. I think that you could find one or two guys every year that come to these BYU football camps who impress enough to earn a scholarship offer that may not have earn that scholarship offer otherwise. So BYU maybe misses out on a couple of kids in this year's class, but the hope is that by doing their due diligence, maybe these student athletes sending in their film, their high school coaches reaching out to BYU, etc., that can uh, help, I guess, uh, lessen the the impact of this where they can still see these student athletes and still get that scholarship offer at some point. But there will be an impact with the cancellation of these camps for recruiting, especially on the BYU football front. Will it affect them to an adverse degree? No, I don't think so. I, I'll be I'm, let me be clear about this. This is not something that you're going to think. Oh my gosh, BYU is not going to be able to fill their recruiting slots. Let's put it this way: with the current uh, missionary situation very much in flux, I don't know what to make of BYU's recruiting efforts in football in particular this year. They could take maybe the smallest class they've ever taken if a bunch of these missionaries decide they want to come home early and start playing football right away again. It'll be very interesting to see how BYU balances this out. I've been trying to get more insight from people inside the program on this, but the responses I've gotten essentially have told me, we don't know, Jake. We just don't know. And I think that's a, I don't think they're blowing smoke. They're not trying to put up a smoke screen and say, well, yeah, we're just not sure. No, they legitimately have no idea how things are going to play out this summer. Recruiting's already been on lockdown in terms of actually going out and seeing prospects for the better part over a month at this point. It's going to continue on for at least another month and a half. And then now with these recruit these recruiting opportunities with these camps, well, there's another opportunity for BYU coaches to see prospects in person has gone by the wayside here. It is going to be an intriguing summer at the very least in terms of the recruiting front for BYU football, not to mention the possibility of having an altered or moved or 
suspended season in college football to that degree alone. I, I just think this is a fascinating, fascinating case study. I'm excited to cover it, to be able to bring you guys the information I get. But in talking with people inside the program so far, Nobody really knows what's going to play out. They're waiting to hear more clarification on what is going to happen with missions. A bunch of these student athletes, football players in particular, having returned home. Will they determine if they want to go back out? When will that be determined? Will they want to play a year while they're waiting to go back out? Who knows? But it is a fascinating fascinating case study in its own right and we'll be covering it for you right here on locked on cougars to the best degree we possibly can look that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast i hope you guys all have a great weekend the weather here along the wasatch front is supposed to warm up next week supposed to jump back into the 60s more like what we expect this time of year in april after we've had some maybe even some snow in certain parts of the state earlier this week i know many of you around the country have also seen some snow in mid-april and that's very outside the norm but Hey, we're not living in normal times, are we? I hope y'all all stay safe. Hopefully you guys all have a great weekend. Be back with us here on Monday as we uh, break into next week. Uh, just kind of a heads up for you guys. Uh, the theme across the podcast network, of course, uh, across the college channel in particular, is the top five moments from last year. I guarantee you guys can think of a couple of those. We'll, we'll be talking about the top five moments for BYU sports over the past year all next week right here on Locked On Cougars. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you guys on Monday. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for April 17th, 2020.